Hey everyone, this is Christina. And this is Emma. And we are the, the Spooky Babes Club. To another installment of Spooky, spooky Babes Club. So we got a spooky one. Well, yes, Christina has a spooky one. I do. One. I have a spooky one for you guys. Somebody requested that we cover like a haunting. And so this one's for you, yeah, requester. For you, honey. I'm excited. I don't know this. Yeah. you. Emma doesn't know what I'm covering it. I know that you guys do because, um, you know, it's in the title. I had a lot of ideas and inspiration, but this one just went. Took the cake, huh? Pick me, babe. So here we are. And we're like, I see you. I'm I choose you. To win it. <laughs> so, I feel like we're sitting so around we're a kind of campfire. <laughs> like I feel like all I'm like literally sitting on the couch, all squished up with, with my squeeze chia. <laughs> my squeeze chia. I already ate it, but mama chia. So get your mellows, gather around the campfire. Christina's got a spooky story. Got a spooky one for you. Okay, so I'm sure that a lot of you are familiar with the movie Haunting in Connecticut, and that it's based on true events. And sure, the movie exaggerated a lot, a lot of the events for entertainment value. But what actually happened? What are the real events that took place? Why is the story of this home slash family so infamous? Today, we're going to be talking about the Snedeker family. Carmen, Allen, and their four children, Philip, Bradley, AJ, and Jennifer. Two of the kids aren't really involved a lot but i just you know i had to mention that they're there <laughs> this all takes place in southington connecticut their older son philip who's 14 he is diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma oh poor baby just for anybody who doesn't know that's a cancer to the immune system mm-hmm. the snedekers were traveling to his treatments multiple times a week that was the university of connecticut hospital how far was that tra- from their home in new york it was like it was almost a two-hour drive. Oh, bless it. It's terrible. And it, it was a longer drive because he was constantly nauseated from mm. treatments and being in the car for that long. Ugh. Yeah. So due to all of the traveling, the family was financially struggling. They decided it would be smarter to find a home closer to the hospital to save money on traveling costs and, you know, the commute. But finding a home to rent that offered the space for a family of six as well as allowing four children was not easy. A lot of people would not rent out homes to to large, especially if they had a lot of kids. Like, renters were like, heck no, man. Yeah, destruction. Right. Damage and destruction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Until they finally discovered a 3,000 square foot home with five bedrooms and two bathrooms. Carmen was driving by it. She saw they had a sign out. And she thought, what the heck? <laughs> I'll give it a shot. But the landlord, he was nice. And the rent was reasonably priced, as well as accepting the renter's four children. So upon touring the home, she fell in love. Despite not venturing into the basement due to active renovations that were going on at the time. They were kind of fixing it up, you know. But they went for it. 
Mm-hmm. So on June 30th, 1986, the family moved into the home, which had been empty for a long time, on 208 Meriden Avenue okay. or Meriden Avenue. Carmen went to scope out the entire floor plan for the first time, and she came across toe tags. Whoa. Like morgue tools. Oh. And some still bloody furniture being stored in a room off of the basement. The family would quickly learn that the home that was built in 1916, the bottom floors had once been used as a funeral parlor for decades. Whoa. While the second floor was used as a living space. However, the landlord argued she was fully informed prior to moving in, hence why the rent was so affordable, noting that the equipment would be stored within the home. Uh, but she, no, Carmen says she didn't know. This There's a little bit of controversy, you know, mixed sure, things sure. here, arguing. Because I, I, I mean, even I when you told me that, it. I've been like, mm, you know, let me think about it. Yeah. Let me just sleep on it. Yeah. Before I move my. But f- she says she didn't get to go into the basement. I don't know if she was just maybe she was excited about the house and she didn't hear that. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know, dude. Carmen immediately began to rethink moving into this home, not out of fear of like ghosts, but having the constant reminder of death hovering over the family and their, you know, their sick son. But they didn't really have a choice but to stay in the home Due to the financial reasons, they would have lost their deposit and yeah, and everything. So, trying to find a place for that big of a family, right? They they decided to stay. And Philip, being the oldest, he decided to claim the room in the basement <laughs> as well as his brother Bradley. This room was once the blood pit where embalming took place. Oh no! Next to this was the coffin lift still in the home this is where the bodies would be placed into their coffins and raised up to the ground level floor using a chain pulley system but it also had really good access to the bathroom which he really needed because he was sick all the time he wanted privacy he did not want the family constantly yeah he wanted to feel independent yeah bless it but uh Mm -hmm. So Carmen blocked access to the morbid storeroom in the home to ensure that the children wouldn't go venturing inside. And at the time, Alan, her husband, had to return to New York to settle the details on their other home, as well as maintain his job. And he only would visit the home on weekends. So it was mostly just Carmen with the four kids. It didn't take long for the family to begin noticing strange things happening in the home such as crucifixes hung above each doorway. The oldest son, Philip, he voiced his concern that he had a really bad feeling about this place, and he insisted that it was evil and that they needed to leave. Philip said the first night he slept in the house, he woke up to a male voice repeating his name over and over again. Carmen tried to explain that the house was really big and the sounds were carry, and maybe he just heard her and his dad on a phone call but Carmen would soon find other eerie things while organizing the family's belongings into their new space she came across photos of what looked like people sleeping she soon realized that these were in fact post-mortem photographs that were shoved away post-mortem photography which is also known as memorial portraiture or mourning portraits 
was really common in the 19th century throughout Europe and America when a death occurred at the home. Photography was a really new and it had a really long you know, exposure time to take a picture. You had to sit still for a really long time and able to capture a clear shot. It, it made taking pictures of dead people easy. It was an easy way to capture your subject. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because they're not going to move. They're not moving. <laughs> <laughs> Oftentimes, the only clear photos of infants and children were those that had passed away. Ugh. Photos were kept as keepsakes to remember lost loved ones. Now, while the brothers were down in the basement bedroom, they noticed a red liquid appearing to be leaking from the closed off part of the morgue. Upon being dared to touch it, they soon discovered it was blood. Whoa. Carmen was mostly upset that the boys had gone into the room at all and that they were probably just scaring themselves because she didn't find any blood. Of course she didn't. (laughs) But soon each member of the family would start to notice small things going missing and activity slowly started becoming worse and worse. Philip would often see the image of a sickly, thin man with long, dark black hair and black eyes. Nightmare fuel, guys. Oh, the, Imagine. And the imagery, dude, I saw it in my mind's eye. Yeah. <laughs> Bone chilling. <laughs> so he stated that this man would sometimes just stand and watch him. Other times, the man would repeat philip's name over and over again and when philip would try to tell his mom she thought maybe the treatments and medications were causing delusions but his doctor was adamant that the medications shouldn't be causing disturbing hallucinations around the time carmen noticed the crucifix that was once above the doorway to the morgue went missing and only the nail remained on the wall like the nail was untouched but somebody took the crucifix down creepy another occurrence was when philip and bradley were laying in their room sleeping and a toy in the in the basement area started going off and lighting up and it let just enough light off for the boys to notice four figures lurking in the darkness of the room (gasps) The boys, frightened, ran out of the room thinking that a group of people had broken into the home while they were sleeping, and they woke up their mom terrified, only for her to go check everywhere without any evidence of intruders, but still feeling like she was being watched. She considered calling the police, and on her way to the kitchen, she discovered that the crucifix hanging above the kitchen entry had also been removed, leaving only its nail hung on on the wall. This is wild. So Bradley, Philip's younger brother, he once stated that upon arriving from school, Philip was in the basement removing the items that were blocking and the way into the morgue he was confused and asked him what are you doing and philip stopped to look at him with a threatening look of disassociation and replied i made a deal with him whoa (gasps) over time philip became more and more withdrawn he became irritable and violent snapping at his siblings this is unlike any behavior that his family had ever seen him yeah, he he did not act like this. He was he was really close with his siblings. 
He constantly would tell his parents that he was seeing and hearing things, and they were getting fed up with him. One day, Philip had his brother lay on a gurney that was downstairs, and he began to aggressively spin the gurney in circles. At first, they were playing around, but it quickly turned malicious as Bradley became frightened and he started begging Philip to stop, but he continued until his little brother was in tears spinning him quickly around Um, you know it had wheels so it was easy to spin around right they started taking philip to see a psychiatrist thinking it was due to his frustration being sick you know of his treatments like you know like depression maybe and Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. or like being a teenager so they took him to a psychiatrist Uh, eventually carmen herself she began to experience other strange things besides the crucifixes The lights would be flickering on and off, which even continued after the bulbs were removed, like the power surging surging through the outlets, like you could see the power flickering. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. Dishes would appear in and out of the cabinets with no explanation. Whoa. Like she would go to, to grab plates out of the cabinet and they would be like on, on the countertop. Like, like maybe she had taken them down, but she goes, no, I, I didn't take them out of the cabinet yet, but they were just small and like, it was just a small enough gesture like that for yeah. her to be like, I did not notice those there. Yeah. To me though, I'm thinking, oh, you live with four kids, dude. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> so maybe it's they're... hard, you know, it's hard. It's hard to know. <laughs> were the kids messing with you? Yeah. But even stranger, while mopping the blood pit bedroom... <laughs> that philip claimed as his own carmen states that her mop water turned blood red oh after trying to like shake the image of the blood water from her mind like what the you know you kind of shake your vision to correct it it's it remained that way she was thinking maybe she was you know letting her imagination get the best of her but the water remained red and it even smelled putrid Oh, blinking again and again, she returned her eyes to the water to see that it had turned back to clear. <gasps> Freaky. So, Carmen's sister uh at this time, she was going through a divorce. So, they invited her niece Tammy, who was also around Philip's age to stay with them while they were kind of going through the divorce. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take long for Tammy too to see what they called black apparitions figures with no eyes standing in rooms moving lights and what they called gray mist hovering in rooms tammy noted that she would often go in the kitchen for food and food that was okay just a few hours before that would be rotting in the fridge whoa they would often see a little boy wearing pajamas coming from within the walls of what used to be the coffin display room he looked as if he was lost and trying to free himself like trying to find where he needed to be Mm -hmm. he would mostly interact with the younger siblings and speaking with them and play with their toys too like the kids would play with him at this point philip started to keep a journal he wrote in it when he felt angry and alone which was often at this point Now, Philip was dyslexic, and he often struggled to write out full words and sentences, but he still found it therapeutic. Carmen came across his journal, and she's 
like super concerned to find stories of horrific abuse to those who had come through the morgue. Stories of sexual assaults, murders, and mutilation. Whoa. Concerned, she asked Philip about it. As disturbing as the stories were, they had all been written by someone who seemingly did not struggle with dyslexia. Fully and correctly written words and sentences. Philip stated that the man had helped him. This traumatized her. (laughs) Yeah. Not only was he writing horrible things, he was writing them in a way that he doesn't normally write. Right. Like, that's weird. That's You don't strange. just fix your dyslexia to write in a journal mm-hmm, entry. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Philip would attack his cousin Tammy, leading him to be taken into custody in a straight jacket and checked into a mental institution for 45 days. On his way out of the home, he told Carmen they would come for her now. At the hospital, Philip was diagnosed with schizophrenia, as he would try to explain to the doctors that the house was evil and that he had seen entities and would that would speak to him and make him write awful things in his journal. He's trying to explain, like, it's it's not me. I'm not crazy. This is happening. And so, yeah. so they diagnose him with schizophrenia instead of, well, I don't know, what do you what do? You do? <laughs> what do you say? Right. It sounds like schizophrenia. Sounds like it, yeah. but... While Philip is away at the hospital, his parents, Alan and Carmen recalled being assaulted. Carmen says she was attacked from the other side of the shower curtain while she was in the bathtub, taking a shower, as if someone was standing on the outside of it, wrapping the curtain around her, trying to suffocate her. Whoa. She says she was sexually assaulted and sodomized by a presence in the home. Sometimes she felt a presence taking over her, leading her to collapse. And the family would be like, hovering over her when she would awake like what happened they they don't know you don't know if like almost like a blackout yeah wow but she said that before she would do that she would feel like something's trying to take over her Mm -hmm. tammy the cousin was experiencing terrors at night hearing her name being called waking up with bruises and scratches on her body that she had no memory of how they got there as Mm. well as being sexually assaulted and while carmen was coming to her aid one night she noticed that the final crucifix remaining in the home was also now gone seeing this carmen turned to her bible and begins to read it and then she sees in front of her something rip tammy's rosary beads from her neck causing the beads to fall onto the floor as it broke whoa now i was wondering this so i'm sure you guys are why the heck are you staying in this house right yeah what are you doing lady uh i i would like to think that i would get the hell out after a lot of these things happen Mm mm-hmm but they are spaced apart. Like, this is not all happening every day. You know what I mean? And the family is financially struggling. They cannot afford to move out. And even if they had moved, they thought, what are the chances that it wasn't just the home? What if it's following them? You know? Oh, yeah, like an attachment. So they had to find a way to function amongst all of this activity. And the family started sleeping on mattresses that they would put into one room 
with a light on so they could all account for one another and feel safer. Carmen knew now that none of this had been her imagination or schizophrenia diagnosis. There was something dark and evil in this house. They reached out to any paranormal investigator that they could for help. Several came out to investigate and one that came through the home states that he smelled something foul as he made his way up a set of stairs and a faint gray figure began to manifest as he heard, do you know what they've done to us? Whoa. Before it suddenly vanished. Another pair of well-known paranormal investigators was Ed and Lorraine Warren. I love them. They're interesting. They're interesting. They're, they oh, are. Just sidebar real quick. Lorraine Warren used to work with Penn State Paranormal. Oh, remember Penn, Penn Paranormal? Yeah, or whatever. that place is. Yeah, with, um, um, it was, God, I remember the guy's name, but I was on A&E. Like okay, early, yeah. early on when like paranormal was like a thing. We should do, definitely do something about Ed and Lorraine Warren because they, they have definitely had, they, they had some interesting ventures. Yeah, they were, uh, I don't, were they demonologists? Yes. They were demonologists and she was a psychic medium. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have some crazy, yeah, crazy adventures. Crazy. But anyways, so mad respect. <laughs> so when the Warrens came to investigate the home, Lorraine actually stayed in the home for a few weeks just to be able to observe as much activity as she could. Because like I said, I know it sounds like a lot. There's a lot happening in this house. Yeah. But it is not all happening. At one time. At one time. Yeah. So she wants to see as much as she can. Eventually, they tell the family that they feel two demonic entities present in the home. Not only that, but that there were multiple spirits of people whose bodies has ex- had experienced horrendous abuse by the workers of the morgue. Oh, like post-mortem. Yeah, you remember those stories that Philip's, Philip was writing yeah. about sexual assaults and so mutilation? Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, God, gross. Yeah. So the Warrens claim that their negative experience is what kept their spirits attached to this place. They were angry at what happened to them. The Warrens recommended to the family that they go public with this case. That with enough attention, the Catholic Church would be quicker to help because they did not, they don't just perform. Yeah, they extra, have to, yeah. don't they have to get it approved by the yes. Vatican? And sh- yes, it has to be yeah. approved. <laughs> so the family was really wary of this at first, but they were at the end of their wits. So they did. And a lot of news coverage and people in front of the home, the community, it kind of went wild. Articles about it everywhere people wanted to drive by the house and see it they were harassing the neighbors the neighbors were pissed they God, were annoyed. i bet and a lot of their family and friends they looked at them like the heck is wrong with you like they they looked at them like they were lying they didn't believe them they thought it was a joke you know like like for attention you know what i'm saying after losing a lot of support from people they thought were their friends including the children at school An exorcism was eventually performed on the home. The family was told not to go into detail on what actually happened during the ritual, but Carmen was able to say, accompanying Ed and Lorraine Warren were three priests and three deacons. There was a strong security man on duty and a secretary present to take notes. Okay, all right. Quick thing. 
if they thought paranormal was such a joke, why would you put on such a display? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why would you bring this literally arsenal of, yeah, you know, deacons and mm-hmm. priests and a bodyguard? What? Yeah, I mean, there's several witnesses Yeah, that were present, you know? Intense. It's... That's intense. They did not. They did not want to deal with this. Like they weren't gaining anything from this, right? Like, I mean, if even if they were getting attention from it at, at this point, they were not getting any monetary, you know, compensation for being famous for having a haunted house. entities in their home. Yeah, you know, come they on. were scared. They yeah. were terrified. But, but you know, I mean, I don't know. It wasn't. It was there. Yeah. <laughs> but these three priests and three deacons were. Yeah. Along yeah. with the Warrens. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they brought in some religious relics, such as several Madonna statues. No, not the pop star from the 80s. <laughs> I was about to say I that. had to look this up, guys. So, I'm <laughs> sure some of you guys know. I was like, Madonna's? <laughs> like a virgin. No, not her. <laughs> so, she's kind of like, um, you know, she kind of looks like Virgin Mary. She's a little statue of a woman in... She represents purity, love, and everlasting life. You know, like all the good vibes. Uh, they were placed in various rooms throughout the home, along with other things. They spoke the mass in Latin, Hebrew, and English. No children were allowed to be in the home. They they had to leave to stay safe with friends. They yeah. were not there. But Tammy did stay. Philip did not return to the home. After he was taken out, so he stayed in the mental hospital, or he stayed. He was in the mental hospital for forty-five days. Okay, at this point, so he did not return. Though he moved elsewhere after after that. It's a good thing though that the kids were not there because uh, during the ritual, the house began to like rumble and shake, like the entire house. It became cold, dark, and you could feel like heaviness mm. while you're in 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 the house the second after they said amen at the end of the ritual it was like a release happened like waking up on a beautiful day wow they went to go collect the relics Mm -hmm. from throughout the home and one of the madonna statues they collected its hands had been broken off like, that, that's like her particular. hands were kind of reaching out from her, and both her hands from the wrist were, like, broken off. Wow. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. And the deacon, one of the deacons that was helping collect things, he refused to touch it. The one that had its hands cut off? Mm-hmm. Wow. So it said after this cleansing, things returned to normal, and then the house had been successfully exercised. Philip later stated that after leaving the home to be taken to the hospital, the voices and entities left him completely. It took away his diagnosis of schizophrenia. His mind was clear, and the Snedekers were able to stay in the home uh, for a total of two years. After the exorcism? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And How could you stay there after that? I know, dude. They state that life afterwards went on normally. Phillips survived cancer for 24 years. He married and had his own children, but cancer would eventually take him at the age of 38, oh. January of 2012. Now, according to his cur- the current owner of the home, she says it is not haunted and it never has been. 
And she's lived there for over a decade at this point, and she claims that the stories are ludicrous and Hollywood foolishness. Some claim it may have been a publicity stunt to get money due to the family's struggling financial situation, but the owners of the home, like the landlord at that time, says that the home is not haunted, but then again, I mean, what landlord wants stories of their house that they're trying to rent out mm-hmm. getting around that it's haunted mm-hmm. you know what i mean and why would you put your son in a mental institution for 45 days know, right like, for money to do that then no. that's a bigger karmic lorraine thing. warren stated she goes yeah i mean hollywood's version of events is hi- highly dramatized from the truth but being in that house was absolutely terrifying and she said they were a normal family there was nothing weird about them is what she says so later i was just kind of reading around the author ray garton he was writing a book called a dark place about the family's kind of what happened he said that he had a hard time getting consistent stories from the family and so ray reached out to ed warren who he says he says ed warren said oh that family's crazy You've got some of the story. Just use what works and make up the rest. Just make it up and make it be scary. But the idea of a man who investigates paranormal activity would suggest that a family's crazy. That that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like, why would he say that? Carmen would later say that his book was actually super hurtful to the family because he did publish the book with made up stories in it. And eventually the book was unpublished. Like, he was so rude about the family. Like, he was making fun of them in his book and just, like, throwing things in there to make it creepy. He should not have even published that book at all. What a jerk. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think of the story? This was wild. It was pretty wild. Uh, I mean, like, do I think that really happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. because Only because I, I believe Lorraine Warren... Like, I believe in that woman. Yeah. I, just everything that she's done and yeah. my knowledge of her. There's so, there's just, there's so much out there that dispute anything that the Warrens do and that they did it for fame and all this. I'm like, why would you put yourself in Yeah, why would you situation? Yeah, in a pu- the public's eye in such a negative light. Like, why would you do that? So uh, you think that they truly went through this whole this haunting sure yeah i mean it's kind of a great breeding ground because you have a location that is gross i mean you know you from the early times you have a son typically typically you wouldn't think that a haunting would happen in a morgue like they're already dead like nobody died there right right but if there was abuse happening Uh to these bodies coming through then why not why not Mm mm-hmm well, I mean, that makes sense to me. And in a basement, mm-hmm. you know, this is a confined area. It's underground. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the fact that Philip was so sick. Yeah. I think it led him more vulnerable. Vulnerable. And Absolutely. open to yeah. see these things, hear right. these things. Well, and he's on the brink of death himself. Yes. So death is revealing itself to him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know, have coping to be able to you know put a boundary there so they don't invade he's just a kid he didn't know yeah and then his mom doesn't believe him and he's stuck with these entities that are playing with his mind plaguing his mind 
and he's sick on top of it. That's, I agree. I yeah. I, uh, I also had read that somebody who had lived in the house uh, in the nineties, like uh, he was, a, he grew up to be like a doctor. He was, he was living in the home, like renting out a room upstairs. Mm-hmm. This is all after it happened. Uh, the landlord was leasing out rooms, and he said that nothing happened in the room. Like he was in in the house, but I mean, why would it? They did the exorcism, right? He said it was a beautiful house, and he was really, you know, excited about the movie coming out and everything. And he was, of course, he's going to watch it and stuff. But you know, that guy ended up graduating from from college and becoming a doctor. And so I thought that was all was well in the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. That was a good one. Yeah, had me on my toes. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, my toes. That was good. I didn't realize about um. I didn't realize that they had brought in all the, the deacons. Yeah. The mm-hmm. deacons and all. I thought it was just like one priest. I didn't know. Why would they bring a whole arsenal right. of priests and deacons? Right. Yeah. That's And a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. What? Like, what? Yeah. I thought that was I'd like to hear about their accounts. Like, yeah. well, or the I bodyguard. Watched, I watched a bunch of interviews that the family gave. Mm. Did they yeah. seem legit? Like, what did you think? Uh, before watching it. So, I, I, I had seen the movie when it first came out. And that was a long time ago. So I didn't want to watch it or anything. I didn't want it to, like, you know, be in my brain, like, what happened. Right. I remember thinking that the movie was silly. <laughs> yeah. Especially because the end. The end has nothing to do with anything. I think I watched that it. That actually happened. You know, I, I did some reading on it, and then I wanted to see if anybody else had covered it. And I found, um, you know, a video on YouTube, which I can link that for yeah. everybody. They do several interviews with the family to revisit it they seem normal they seem like why exactly what you said why would we want to be going through this like yeah what do we gain from that yeah do they gain anything from the movies no coming no out? I, don't, I don't think so I i'd be curious to, to know but i mean carmen the mom she she talks a lot about the things that happened to her and tammy tammy actually she kind of reminds me of myself you know mm. what i mean the way that she talks about what, what they, the things that were happening because you know what? When you're a teenager, you kind of like get interested in the spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of seek it out. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so her Dabble. and Philip were kind of like they were kind of close like that. Like you know, when you go to your cousin's house. Yes. Least, you know, me and you talk about sc- spooky <laughs> stuff and scary stories. And they used to kind of do that kind of stuff. But no, they this was this was different. Yeah. This was terrifying. I I just don't see why somebody would just make up a big elaborate story like that and then go public with it. And then go through all the scrutiny and people talking shit and stuff. Like, and, why would subject- risk their reputation? Right. You know? All the while your son is It's a is big sick. risk. Yeah. To come out publicly to say all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think, honestly, that's why a lot of people just don't. And like I've said before, people write stuff off that happens to them so easily. Yeah. Just like Carmen often tried to convince herself that her son was sick this is why he's seeing these things to rationalize because that's the first thing you want to do exactly try to understand and until things started happening to her she's just like i I can't explain this stuff yeah (laughs) you know yeah like the blood in the mop bucket yeah that's and then like trying to rub your own eyes and it's still there i know that would be crazy profound you know she said um somebody was in the room with her but they only spoke Spanish. I think it was like a somebody was helping them move in or something like she says it in the interview. But she said that this lady saw like she saw it. And she said that she never saw that lady again. I'd be curious to get her account. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. 
spooky haunting stuff is so controversial it can be but if you're i mean if you're already like geared toward that stuff and like can you can rationalize in the knowledge that you know about paranormal Mm -hmm. then it's not too far-fetched yeah it would be really interesting I mean, I know that's been exercised, but it would still be interesting to go visit the house. For sure. I'd, I'd be curious because it's crazy that she, you just pick up on energy like that. Even mm-hmm. if you're not in tune, so to speak, or in- intuitive, you still pick up on a energy in the room. You know, yeah. you walk into the oh, room yeah. and there's people yeah, and stuff, but there's something weird happening. Go places. You mm-hmm. can go places or pass by something when you're mm-hmm. driving and you just get like a feeling. I mean, that happens to me. Yeah. I'll pass sure. by something and I'll be like, mm, something's something strange weird has happened there yeah. or is happening there. Yeah. It gives me weird vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just pick up on it. Yeah. And when you start paying attention to those things, there's kind of a repetition or a pattern. And that's the difference. Some mm-hmm. people just. Or are they, yeah, they don't acknowledge it or they don't recognize it or, you know. Yeah. But some of us, like us weirdos, we we pay attention. Well, and they say, oh, wow, that was a noise. <laughs> that came from me. Excuse me. Got my own entertainments <laughs> called gas. <laughs> gas. gas. <laughs> That's my gas demon. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. My gas you. demon's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I remember. <laughs> Acknowledging, they, people say acknowledging stuff like that also can increase its yes. activity. Yes. So, well, good, good pick, babes. That was a good one. <laughs> Wild. Well, I'm oh, excited see. to hear yours. Yes. I feel like this was really quick. Was it good? I don't know. Was it too fast? Should I have slowed down? What do you guys think? Well, that was good. But that's <laughs> maybe I'm biased. <laughs> it's really short, but we got the whole thing in there. It's yeah. kind of short and sweet and spooky. Short, sweet, That's like me. Short, sweet, (laughs) spooky. That's a t-shirt. Let's put it on a shirt, y'all. putting it on a (laughs) t-shirt. Short, sweet, and spooky. (laughs) Well, go follow us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and being pumpkins. Yeah. Love you so much. Remember to (laughs) stay stay spooky, spooky, babes. babes. And short and sweet. (laughs) Unless you're tall. (laughs) 